You're listening to the Crew Talk Podcast, a conversation about chasing growth. the crew talk i have no idea what episode this is or when it's getting posted but it'll be up there sooner or later as y'all can see with my friend um i'm gonna let her introduce herself tell a little bit about her backstory and then we'll just get into it hey y'all my name is mel chung i'm from pennsylvania <laughs> i um have five siblings i'm the only girl and uh i met tim through su and we're both second year medical students He's a lame, but uh, lucky <laughs> to have him as my friend. <laughs> okay, okay, so I'm a lame. All right, so you met at SGU. How, how did you get to SGU? Like, what's your backstory? Besides being the only sister. Uh, yeah, fun fact. Um, so I always knew I wanted to be a doctor, like, from the age of five, mm-hmm. because my mom was sick when I was young, and, like, two weeks after she had me, she had a massive heart attack. And then, kind of like, as I was growing up, she was still dealing with hard stuff, and then always like in and out of the hospital, and that was kind of what I was around. Mm-hmm. And then I went to college, and I decided to major in like biology, but like, one of the big things for me is I wanted to still like do sports in college, because right. I really enjoyed it in high school. So I wanted to be not just a number in the classroom, and I wanted to still like excel in my sports. So I went to Moravian College, now known as Moravian mm-hmm. <laughs> University. <laughs> And um, I think I excelled there pretty well. I got what, to. What sport did you do? I did track and field. Okay. And were you good, bad, average? I was, I was good. I was good. I'm gonna toot my horn a little bit. I was good. I broke some records while I was there. Um, I ran hurdles, okay. hundred meter hurdles, and sixty meter hurdles indoor. I did mm-hmm. high jump and long jump. And then my sophomore year, I did the pentathlon, which is high jump, long jump, hurdles, uh, threw a shot put, and ran an eight hundred meter. Do you do that? Is that all like? Back to back, or it's yeah, like, it's all in one day. Uh, but like each one is like, like you do one, everyone stops, they go on to the next one. Yep. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a race to finish though. No, it's just however, like if you score first in mm-hmm. your event for like that one event, then that gets more points okay. to your overall score. So you're a pentathlonian. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, I did it twice. Okay, okay <laughs> pentathlonian. Um. That really took a lot on my body because I was doing two a days, like one early in the morning, like 6 a.m., and then I would have practice again at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I realized I couldn't do this for the rest of my career. Like no, I'm not. Hey, we, we used two a days. Shout out to all my teammates. <clears throat> hey, man, you guys got it. Track is <laughs> a better sport, though. Football. Eh. Um, Hot take. Okay. So, yeah, so that was that was my track career at Moravian. I broke the high jump record my freshman year outdoor mm-hmm. and that wasn't I think I was the only one to break it and within 25 years oh, wow, when I got there yeah. yeah and then my sophomore year indoor season I broke the indoor record okay oh. okay, okay. <laughs> um and then yeah I got some medals and that kind of stuff so it was cool I was a bio major at Moravian mm-hmm. and I didn't really know the ins and out of college, so I always thought, like, you had one GPA, so um, I kind of got lost in the sauce first two years of, like, being an athlete, wanting to, like, go out with my friends, and, like, oh, like, yeah, Yeah. like, just, hey, as long as I get two A's in a class and, you know, Mm. a B or B minus, like, it'll average out, but then I realized you have a science GPA, (laughs) so, yeah. The science GPA is what really got me down my sophomore year, and then mm-hmm. I knew I had to kick it back up junior year and senior year, and I was able to pull my four O's. So, yeah. 
then yeah, I decided to go to a master's program in Virginia. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get a master's in what? Biomedical science. Okay, big science girl. Cool. Yep, I love science, hence why I'm here at SGU. <laughs> I, I don't love science, but I'm still here, so. Hey, um, we're just built different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, so master's program. Yeah, so yeah. master's program. Yeah. Yes, okay. I went to uh, VCOM, so Edward Beer College of Osteopathic Medicine, okay. to get my master's, and that was right by Virginia Tech, so mm-hmm. we like shared a campus, and um, that was like a transition. Um, I'm a very comfortable person, mm, yeah, so <laughs> for sure. I like to be comfortable. I like to be in my safe space. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have to get up and leave to go somewhere else, um, that really throws me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So moving to Virginia, six hours away from home and like family, it was a big transition. Like the first weekend there, I drove back home because I was that homesick. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think once I found my people, I was able to adjust mm-hmm. and uh, those friends became family now. So. I'm so thankful for them, and we were able to excel well in our program. And then I decided to go home for a little bit and work and study for my MCAT. Mm-hmm. I took the MCAT three times, first two times. Oh, we all did. Yeah, the first two times knocked me down bad. And then I realized I needed to take a prep class. Right. So I did a prep class, and I took it in January of mm-hmm. 2020, and I did well. But then I realized, like, wow. My age is getting older. I'm not getting younger. So. Unlike me, I'm, I'm a young buck, y'all. <laughs> How old are you, Timothy? I'm 25. Oh, okay. Nice to know. Um, What's that about? <laughs> I'm 26, guys, but uh, that's that's really. Just... It's all about being born. Oh, you you born in 96. I was about to. Absolutely. Oh, okay, well, I can't use that. All right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Took the third MCAT. Yep. Um, and then once I got my score back, I was happy with it. And then I said, you know what? I don't want to wait another year. Mm-hmm. I want to go to med school now. Right. And I think this was in the height of when the pandemic was starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. And the first school I applied to was um, AUC. Mm-hmm. And I got accepted on Valentine's Day. I was at work and I remember getting the call and the email. And I was like, Whoa, I'm going to med school. I'm going to med school. That was the only um, Caribbean med school I applied to at the time. Mm-hmm. And I knew about SGU, but... I was kind of skeptical about SU because it was so large and going online and reading like just horror stories like they don't like want you to excel which I don't think that's true but yeah so I took that into account I was like wow like I don't want to go there but then when I started looking at like the match list and knowing like I wanted to go into emergency medicine and Mm -hmm. seeing how many students were matching into emergency medicine I said hmm Maybe I should apply. Yeah. It's enticing when you see the numbers. Yeah. So um, then I applied to SGU, and then I got in. Okay. So before we jump into medicine and go hard with that, if you could have chosen any other career or if you could see yourself doing something besides medicine, what would that have been? Um, I would have been a microbiologist for the CDC. Mm. Yeah. I think I would have went and got my PhD. So uh, you have been in the thick of that COVID shit. Absolutely. <sighs> Couldn't be me. Yeah. I it's really love research. micro. Uh, so I feel like that's it's like a heavy research field though yeah and that's the thing like I hate research Mm -hmm. but I love research in microbiology it's so easy to like write a paper or Mm -hmm. write like my procedures out yeah and I I just find it like 
I could stay in the lab for hours. I did a research project my senior year in college um, for micro. So I did mine in the School of Medicine. I did like on the HER2 and BRAC and stuff like that. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I just, I don't like the bench. I don't like having to like pipette. I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, I do. I love really? those dilutions. I love the make- centrifuge and all that. Yeah, I mean for micro though, I feel like if it's any other research, it's not as interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. So the the lab that you worked in was it one of the ones where you like the put your arms with the gloves? No. So it was it wasn't. I didn't work there. I did it for like a research project in school. Yeah, but I'm saying oh. you didn't have to. No, they had the biofilm, like mm-hmm. the biohood, but I put my hand in it. No gloves. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, we're not fancy, like... We didn't have... Yeah. I'm saying we didn't have that either, but I'm just assuming. Yeah. Okay, well... No, yeah. Um, I was just dealing with E. coli. Oh, that's, okay, yeah. So nothing... Explain to people what E. coli is. <laughs> Give them a quick... All right, guys. So E. coli is a gram-negative bacteria. Um, Ooh, that is smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see it... We actually have it in our in our gut. It's, it's there. It's healthy, but... The problem is when it gets out and places it shouldn't be, that's when we get sick. Okay. Y'all comment and say if you understood what she's talking about. Otherwise, we'll go on to the next thing. I'm sorry, guys. If not, I'm a bad teacher. All right. So, okay. (laughs) SGU, medicine. Okay. What? I guess a big big question that people don't really talk about is like, what is it like being a, a female going into medicine? Because, like, you know, like, stereotypically, women have to give up more in their careers if they want to have families and things like that. Are those things that you think about being a female in medicine? Absolutely. So, um, for me, I think medicine is a male-dominant field already. And I think growing up with boys, I am dominant. Okay. (laughs) So... When I get around a group of guys that are smart or they seem like they're dominant, it doesn't scare me as much. It makes me want to work harder and show you, like, I'm just as smart as you, maybe even smarter. (laughs) Big talk, big talk. So um, going into a male-dominant field, I know, like, there are a lot of things that weigh heavy on my heart when I think about, like, my family life, my relationship life, what I want that to look like. I want to be a mom that is there mm-hmm. and medicine is, is harder on itself. Like it's taxing, you have patients, you lose patients. Um, so I don't want to take away from family life though. Right. So I want to be able to balance that. And uh, one of the careers that I do want to go into is like emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about it, it's, it's shift work. So you go in, you do your shift, and then you go home, and you're, I'm not taking anything home with me. I mean, the days that aren't good, I know they won't be good, and I'll have to deal with that, but it's a few shifts, and then I'm home with my kids, I'm home with my husband, like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing in long-term future. Do you feel as though emergency, like, you lean more towards emergency medicine because of the lifestyle? I think not so much. I mean, it kind of fits with what I want to do mm-hmm. um, I really love the fast paced I love seeing like the diversity of patients young old in between um, and then just kind of like the minimal procedures like suturing lumbar punctures right. like all of that kind of stuff that you may not be able to do in other specialties mm-hmm. if you're not like in surgery right. so I feel like I like I like that I like the fact that I have to think quick I have to 
I'm in control of someone's life acutely until mm-hmm. I can get them stable and pass them on to who I need to next. That's big shit. So, like, if I need to do a neuro consult, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Dr. Dawson, can you can you come call, consult this patient for me? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but I got them stable. Okay. So, yeah. So, ideally, say we got two more years of school. I am EM residencies with three, three years. Yeah, so th- anywhere from three to four. Okay, so seven years from now, what does is, what is life look like for you? Ideally. Seven years. Um, Attend Dr. Chung, first year attending. What does that look like? Yeah, um, it looks like I hope I'm married and mm-hmm. I have like a stable family and hopefully two, maybe three kids max. <laughs> by, by, by first year? Uh, attending, yes. Oh, wow. Um. I kind of want to enjoy, like, I want to enjoy my kids growing up, and I still want to be, like, young, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to be, like, that cool mom, like, wow, yeah. mom is badass, she's yeah. a doctor, we have this beautiful home, and, like, great family. That's what's up, I feel that. So, yeah. I guess, we all have, like, inspirations that, like, help guide our paths. What, who is someone that, like, you look up to, or, like, is where you want to be? Mm. Well, they don't have to necessarily be where you want to be. Someone like who like gives you motivation to do what you do. I think my mom. Okay. Um, hands down, I grew up in a single family home, and like seeing my mom do everything on her own. I mean, we had my my grandma who was there, of course, and my aunts and uncles. But like, really, just seeing like my mom get up every morning at three a.m. Mm-hmm. and then take the bus to New York City, go to work, come back home like eight nine p.m. at night, cook dinner for me yeah. and like my brothers, and then go to bed and do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, like she's someone I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And like when I'm hard on myself, having her like, if there's anyone that can do it, it's you, Melissa. Like yeah. no one else can do this but you. Mm-hmm. And then it just shows me like she did it. And she had three kids. Right. And she's awesome. <laughs> I feel that. I definitely feel that. I really with that because, I mean, I, my mom and dad were together, but my dad was in the military. And then after he got out of the military, he still worked overseas. So, like, I basically grew up in a single mom household. Mm-hmm. And it was weird, like, <laughs> like going to, like, practice and going to games. And, like, seeing, like, other kids with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that. But it wasn't for, like, the stereotypical reason. Right. So, how, how did that affect you in any way? Um, I don't think so because... Even though my mom couldn't come to everything, mm-hmm. I had really good friends in yeah. high school. So, like, their parents were my parents. Okay. So, like, I would see, like, my friend, my best friend's mom and dad. I'm like, hey, mom, hey, dad. And they, yeah. would, they would come to, like, honor society stuff if my mom knew she couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And, like, they kind of, we created a community where it was, like, if one parent couldn't come, like, someone else was there to, like, cheer so, us on. I feel that. I like that. So, like... So that community, that, that village mentality. Yeah, and that's, like, another thing. Like, I value friendships, like, mm-hmm. very highly. So, like, when my friends have kids, like, I want them to know, like, hey, it's Auntie Mel. Like, yeah. whenever you need something, like, call me. Like, if mm-hmm. mom and dad can't be there, like, and I can, like, I will be there. I like that. So. What is something, I guess, like, probably kind of hard to answer, but something that the medical career, like, scares you? Uh, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, pick one. Um, 
Because I feel like people always like, okay, you interview someone who's a med student, you interview someone who's a doctor, like, you want like the like, glitz and glamour, like, what are some cool things? But like, what's something that, like, damn, like, am I really ready for this? I'm scared of getting in front of a patient and not knowing what to do. Mm. So mm. I feel like in school, it's so easy to have a lecture and you know that lecture top to bottom and you answer a multiple choice question. Mm -hmm. But if you're my patient, you're not multiple choice. I have to know, Mm -hmm. I have to figure it out. What if I can't figure it out? That that scares the living crap out of me. Yeah, that's that's, that's real. (laughs) It's definitely real. I mean, you know I want to do surgery, so it's like, like, I'm not gonna say one is easier than the other, but like in emergency medicine, it's like seconds matter in surgery. Seconds do matter, but it's, it's a little bit slower. It's like you're on the back end of like trying to fix a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day in the emergency room, at least from shadowing, isn't always like, ah, like I have to be quick. Right. But when it is quick, mm-hmm. you have to know. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever been put in a flustered environment to like have to know something. Or at least at like with that many factors going into it. Yeah. Because we've all been in like tough situations, but you you someone's life is never in your hands until someone's life is in your hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> you really can't like prep for that. No, you can't. Damn, that was a bar, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Let me just drop the mic now. Yes, yes. Okay, so do you have any, like, mentors or, like, people in medicine who, like, mm, I like I, I want to be like them or, like, what they do interests, is interesting to me? Yeah, actually, well, I wouldn't say a mentor, but someone I want to be like. Uh, I worked for a doctor um, mm. when I was a scribe, right. and he was a general surgeon, and he just gave me warm, fuzzy feeling when he talked to his patients. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like you sat down and like you felt his presence. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I'm rushing to get to the next patient, even though we have a 20 minute slot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would sacrifice our lunch, yeah. which <laughs> is not ideal. <laughs> yeah, not ideal at I'm all. starving. I still have to type these notes out. Right. But um, he really just was there for his patients. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was just a family environment yeah. and um that's also it kind of makes me sad in emergency medicine that lacks like mm-hmm. the physician patient relationship right. because i like that coming in saying like oh hey tim how's your family doing how are you doing like not just how you're doing mm-hmm. health wise but how are you as a whole how's your life outside of your health yeah so i think like that really matters to me and sometimes emergency medicine makes me go ah that i won't get that right quick and what is a scribe? Um, don't know that is. Okay, so a scribe is someone that goes with a doctor and they will listen to what the doctor and the patient says and they'll type it in a formal note. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the patient's like, oh, I have belly pain and it's been going on for this long, you type that in a section. And then when the physician says something like, okay, these are the physical findings, you type that in another. Or if he's like, put this order in for me, you have to find the medication or find the test or the lab and, and put it in the chart. Gotcha. Back to the, I guess, the balance between, I guess, like, having a relationship with patients and more so just, like, treating them and going about your business. There's a there's a benefit and a negative to both. What, 
Yes. Um, Talk about that. <laughs> the benefit is you don't get attached. Right. Um, I feel like I am very, I get very attached when I care for people and when people are sick. So like, if something is life threatening and you have to break that news, I feel like that can be extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and. I feel like I, I would be the doctor that might have to shed a tear either before I enter the room or after you leave the room. Mm-hmm. Um, with emergency medicine, I don't really have that strong of a connection. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is sad if someone doesn't make it, but there's no, but like, there's no history. Exactly. There's no depth to the relationship. Yes. Do you think this? We have a real talk right now. It's like real, like behind the scenes medical stuff. Do you think being in emergency medicine and, I guess, for worst-case scenario, seeing death so often and not being attached could affect you personally? I've thought about that before. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I can become detached, mm-hmm. and I think that's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, I never want to feel like I'm detached. Right. Um, and I've, I've seen emergency med docs that are like, Hey, it happened. And maybe that was their reaction because I was there and mm-hmm. I don't really know what goes through their head when I'm not there, but I think I would want to be able to talk about it and not be detached. Like right. I would want to feel a little sad or mm-hmm. obviously I can't feel sad where it, it consumes time. my life, right. but you know, like, Hey, like this was a hard loss. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that regardless of like what path you go with, it's like you have like long journeys with the patient and you lose them, or it's like you see seven in a day and you lose more than 50% of them, it definitely builds up, mm-hmm. and it just depends on the person. So yeah, I think people underestimate, um, I don't just underestimate. Like, they'll just assume that one is easy because of the lack of relationship. Well, let me ask you. You want to go into surgery, so, like, how does losing your patients, how do you think that will affect you? So... I, like we said, you don't, you don't know what it's like to lose a life until you lose a life. Mm-hmm. So I'm basing everything I see off of like documentaries, shows that I watch, and from from like the surgeons and the shows and like the the way they depict it, it seems very much a personal personal journey. Mm-hmm. Whereas though like you either keep track of it or you brush it off or you just deal with it on your own. Mm-hmm. I'm very much the kind of person to deal with things on my own, but. I feel like personally my journey would be like somehow keeping track of it that way like it keeps me grounded but i'm not like up in arms every time it happens you know what i mean right because it's gonna happen mm-hmm. but you don't want you don't want to be a robot and you don't want to be like an overly emotional person right so like i guess finding my personal coping mechanism okay yeah that's that's the plan yeah, get a plan. Um, okay, so one of the, I guess the motto for the podcast is like chasing growth, like doing something every day to either learn something new or like be a better version of yourself. What, how do you approach life in terms of chasing growth? <sighs> Big question. <laughs> That's to, a loaded question. To, to end the, the talk on. But yeah. Hmm. Personally, well, mentally, spiritually, whatever, career-based. I think I sometimes think like so fast, I'm like jumping ahead. So what I try to do, and it doesn't always work, but like be in the moment. And I feel like that itself is growth. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not in the moment, 
am I really growing? Like, I'm always mm. worrying about the next thing. That's a bar. <laughs> my, so my senior year, one of my co- uh, my position coach, he would, like, write quotes down on, like, our, I guess, our playbook for the week. And say, I don't remember what week you It must have been, like, the last week of the season. But he wrote, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey to the destination. And I don't know. Ever since, ever since I saw that in writing, that's, like, stuck with me. I feel like that resonates with what you're saying. Yeah, I know, definitely. I feel like especially being, well, not just medicine, but any career, like, mm-hmm. when you're in the brunt of it, you're like, when am I going to be done? When is this over? Mm-hmm. When is, like, but then when it's over, you're in another situation. Exactly. And then you're going to think, when is it over? So mm-hmm. when do you actually enjoy? What you're doing. Exactly. I feel that. Uh, so okay. I think that's that's what I try to do. That's how Mel Chung chases growth, y'all. Yes, yes. Uh, we want to thank her for coming out. Uh, well, she didn't really come out. I came to her house to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so thank her for taking the time to talk to us and uh, talk to y'all. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Yes, thanks, guys. Peace. Bye.